Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast, where today we are talking about season two, episode 19, Mother's Day. I said it very confidently this time. I know it's episode 19. <laughs> Before all that, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Alex Coons. Alex, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. Yeah, we've gotten no feedback about confusion about episode order. Like we did at the very start when we were like, okay, how are we going to handle this? And we made some decision. And then since then, nobody seems to care. So I think think we're just going to do what we want to do. That's right. That's right. Yeah, this (laughs) week, didn't have to watch on my phone, watched on my computer. It was all great. Yeah, you, you were uh, not downloading it the last minute. Do you watch it in a cafe <laughs> last week? Is that what happened? I did. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Alex, since we last recorded, it has been your birthday. Happy birthday. It has been my birthday. I turned 32. I was trying to think of other birthdays that we were doing the podcast on. I think that this would be... So let's see. It's 2023. So we had the shot of doing it in 2022, although I don't know if we were recording anything at that time. And then also in 2021. So there was at least two chances of recording around my birthday. And I can't remember if we ever did any. Do you have any recollection? No. And we had this conversation about a month ago where I was talking to Hazel and she was like, I think Alex is really good about being like, oh, this episode is about birthdays. Lindsay, do you have any memorable birthdays? And I was like, I have no idea when Alex's birthday is. (laughs) And we have been recording for a number of years. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we always were like on a on a break or like Simpsons had ended and we hadn't started up Futurama yet. Maybe. But you also I don't feel like you readily are like, it's my birthday next week. Like, you know, not a birthday guy. Yeah. I mean, I'll take happy birthdays and stuff, but I won't like uh, recoil. But, you know, you know, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. No, I am a birthday guy, but apparently (laughs) I haven't mentioned it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Have we done any, did we have any memorable podcast birthday episodes for you? Like, did we record right around your birthday at any point? Not that I can recall, but surely we did. Yeah. (laughs) We've recorded a lot of episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Especially the first, um, like the first run of The Simpsons, we were pretty good for a year. Yeah, we were going for yeah. I think we probably hit thirty consecutive weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So surely there was a birthday in there somewhere, and we just missed it. But for now, yeah. we are briefly the same age. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend got me off-brand Legos, which I actually oh. are preferable to real Legos because the off-brand Legos are like. An, an unintelligible booklet of like instructions and the pieces you like slide them together and they like hook into each other and it's just like this horrible mess that makes for <laughs> like much more fun puzzle solving and building than like very detailed organized legos so i've been having fun building my, my off-brand legos what are you gonna make do you have a, a large scale project in mind so it's What's the name of the painting? The the wave. It's like the Japanese painting. Yes, I think it's called the wave. The wave. So it's a <laughs> it's an off brand Lego version of that. All right, fun. I look forward to seeing the finished product. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I heard recently about a type of puzzle because I myself am a puzzle person. It's called. I'm going to look this up before I say it because the people will think that I'm just making <laughs> shit up. But I think it's called a wazgidge. Yes, which is jigsaw backwards puzzles, and basically you like have the example that I was given was that like the cover of the box is like oh it's a lovely day and then the actual picture that you're putting together is like if a bomb went off in that scene oh my god (laughs) yeah so 
Anyway, yeah, it says a uh, unique puzzle brand where you need to use your imagination to piece together the solution. That's 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 actually quite clever where it's like if you could have context clues of like I'm looking at this picture right now of like a guy in like a boat on a canal and it's like, OK, yes. well, like if a bomb went off, where would the boat be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they all look very concerned. It's like something is about to happen. So, yeah, so sure, use your imagination and puzzle what the farmer sees. So I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Have you seen those QR code puzzles? No. What's a QR code uh, puzzle? So these are like, it's a puzzle that's like a lottery ticket where it's like, you know, one puzzle, one puzzle that we printed has the QR code to like a million dollars or something. And so every puzzle is like a unique QR code and which sounds very difficult because it's all just like entirely random black and white thoughts, uh -huh. but you do the puzzle and then you have a QR code that you can scan and see if you like won the prize. Whoa. All right. Do not throw away this card. It contains special information needed to redeem your prize money. Wow. All right. Yeah. That seems really difficult. That seems fun. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is Simpsons slash Futurama related, but I used to do, there was a bunch of like Simpsons mosaic. Is that the word? Uh, what's the word where it's a bunch of little pictures that all form yeah, a larger mosaic. picture? There was a bunch of Simpsons mosaic pictures. I think I actually told this story because some of the images are like burned into my brain, but so I yes, would. Yes, on the orange bedspread. Yes, exactly. So like, <laughs> you know, the, the larger picture that you were making up of the mosaic was like the family on the couch, but it was made up of that, like a thousand of these tiny little frames. And mm -hmm. the, really the only way to do the puzzle was to like look at the individual pictures and then like try to find it on the box yeah. of like, oh, here are those four frames in that order. And so there are like a handful of random Simpsons frames that are forever burned into my, my memory. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. That's just like also seemingly burned into my brain. That I was like something about the orange bedspread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Was the inanimate carbon rod one? I feel like that'd be a good one. No, but that would be good for if they needed green, if they needed exactly. one line of green. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How, how has your week been, Lindsay? Oh, it's been fine. I'm moving on the weekend. I don't think we've talked about oh, that. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So moving just like 10 minutes down the street into a nicer apartment, a warmer okay. apartment, more importantly. This one has been very drafty and so the upcoming one, hopefully less so. I think we discussed last episode how you were very anxious about like your pipes burst when you were gone mm -hmm. or there was some disaster yes. that happened when you were gone. Yes. And you were worried that your reputation was going to take a hit with your <laughs> landlord. And was that because you're moving and you needed like uh, nice letters from him or whatever? Well, yes. But so that was a big part of it where when this happened, I was like, oh, my God. And we've been actively looking for a new place. We didn't need a <laughs> reference yet. But I was like, at some point, we are going to need one. And are they going to be like, oh, these idiots don't even know how to keep the apartment warm or something. Yeah. And so they're not going to give me a good reference. But then almost immediately, we found this really lovely place. And so we messaged her and we were like, oh, yeah, this like definitely isn't because of the hype. Can you please give us a good reference? And then she did. So. There we go. Problem solved. Problem solved. Yeah. So very much looking forward to moving into the new space. This place is taking a bit of a dive because we're definitely doing that thing where it's like, we don't need to keep it that clean. We're moving. Yeah. <laughs> Just piles of trash. Piles of clothes everywhere. Cam in particular, leaving a lot of clothes around because he's like, yeah, we're going to yeah. be packing them up in a couple days anyway. It's like, okay, yeah. I guess we can live in squalor wow, until then. Are you, is it this weekend that you're moving? Yes. On Sunday. Wow. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Yes. We were supposed to move on the first, but we are able to move a few days early, which is nice because it means we don't have to move on a Wednesday. 
Okay, so listeners, get excited for Lin Lindsay coming from a new studio. It's going to have all yes. of the soundproofing up, you know. Absolutely not. It is <laughs> yeah. probably going to be much worse than my current setup, where I'm currently coming to you from my bedroom, where there is room for a small desk. The upcoming apartment, there will not be. And I think I'm just going to be recording from, like, the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a downgrade from the podcasting perspective. Honestly, yes, I agree. But it'll be fine. Fine and good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll still be right next to a window, but maybe there will be fewer sirens and horns and things. I truly think that they are never picked up, or at <laughs> least on my end, it's not. Not picked up on your end, but uh, usually I can hear them in the recording. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this episode, Mother's Day. Alex, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was like... I mean, this is not great podcasting material, but I thought it was like pretty <laughs> average, like not a whole lot going on. I, I think, you know, the mom episodes are once a season, maybe twice a season. So, you know, it's kind of feels like a Sideshow Bob type thing where it's a, a character episode. Yeah, nothing spectacular, but nothing disastrous either, I thought. What, what did you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. It's fine. I That's a good comp, I think, with Sideshow Bob, but definitely mom is not as delightful to me as Sideshow Bob. I don't, yeah. <laughs> definitely not. I don't like her character nearly as much as even like a Mr. Burns, if you're going for an old person who's mean, like, you know, right. she's kind of looming in the window, looking out over the town periodically. So I feel like maybe there's a bit of a Mr. Burns there. But in both cases, I prefer those Simpsons renditions. And I don't love the three sons either. Like, I think they're kind of bad. <laughs> they're annoying. There was some they there was one moment that I laughed at with the three sons. Uh, I agree that they're a little bit annoying. Definitely. Yeah, but that's fine. There are a couple moments that really made me laugh. So we will get into them. But I, first, I do. I, I, I was going to say, I do think that it's an odd experience to be like taking notes and trying to pay really close attention to an episode that's like, kind of boring where it's like mm -hmm. it's like you realize that you've like gone into a fugue state where it's like oh <laughs> my god I have like not paid attention for 45 seconds and like I should probably know what happened where mm -hmm. I'm sure I do that like all the time with tv shows that I'm not prepared to talk about and I just like don't notice but it's it's unsettling when it happens when you're supposed to be paying attention you're like oh my god like what have I been doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I often think that when I'm listening to audiobooks and I suddenly have the realization that I haven't been listening for like two minutes sure. and it makes me very aware of how much I must do that when I'm listening to podcasts because in those yeah. ones, it's like people are just bantering. Like I'm sure people tune yeah. us out constantly and it doesn't matter. But with an audiobook, I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go yeah. back. I, I, so. I, I can't really listen to audiobooks that I don't know really well because of that. Like I, I could only, yeah. and who knows if I would even be able to do Harry Potter anymore because I haven't read those in forever, but really the Harry Potter audiobooks were the only ones I could do it for because I just knew those books, knew those books so well and could like jump in at any point. Yeah. Generally, I find I only listen to nonfiction audiobooks for that exact mm. reason. Yeah. Then it's more like a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm learning, you know, it's fine. We could call but... this a nonfiction audiobook. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So now into the fiction portion, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alex. <laughs> Boop, there it is. Yeah. So I wrote down accusatory seven dwarfs. It's like a bunch of. It's, a, it's like approximately seven people like pointing their finger, kind of in unison, and gave me yes. seven dwarfs vibe. Yeah. What I've written is pointing bearded men, and yeah. also I should say the opening caption was larva tested. Pupa approved? Is that how is that how we're pronouncing this? Pupa? Pup pupa? Yeah, I think so. That was a good one. Sure. Yeah. Love yeah. a love a GIF reference. 
That's right. This is from uh, the Pointing Bearded Men are from Bold King Cole, which is from 1936. And this just redirects directly to Felix the Cat, which is very funny because I almost was like, I feel like I should just put Felix the Cat because it's a good guess. And uh, yeah, here we are. I, I, I was looking up mom tested kid approved. Is that I don't think that is Jeff. I'm now looking that up. And Isn't I'm getting cereal a bunch of like, checks or something. Yeah, or kicks maybe. Yeah, rest but I'm just getting a bunch of blogs. Bacon cheddar pot pie recipe posted <laughs> by moms for moms. Kicks, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I love, love that reference. I love kicks. And then, uh, yeah, Felix the Cat definitely seemed like something he would show up in. Yes. It says there was a brief three cartoon resurrection of Felix the Cat in 1936 by the Van Buren Studios. And oh, episodes, Van Buren boys. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> An alternative title for this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bold King Cole was one of those three, and it says, which are all directed by Disney alumni Burt Gillett, who was suffering from bipolar disorder at the time. That feels like a bit of an editorial comment. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. No real information about this. That's the only hit for Bold King Cole, but this is about Felix the Cat. This is Disney adult corner. When when we were at Disney, one of their like newer rides is like a Mickey and Minnie ride, and they show like a little Mickey and Minnie animation. And... This must be like the new animation style for Mickey and Minnie where they're trying to do like, it feels a bit old school. Like it looks like these these cartoons from the 30s and 40s. It looks like Steamboat Willie, but like slightly different. And it makes me think about whether there's an opportunity for like a Felix the Cat reboot or <laughs> these accusatory dwarves that coming back. Like there's, Disney is like, clearly is trying to make a style of modernized old cartoons. Mm-hmm. I have some breaking news for you, Alex. There's yes. a Felix the Cat wiki. <laughs> oh my god. And it says, Bald King Cole is a 1936 Rainbow Parade cartoon. It is the final Felix the Cat theatrical short. And I have much more information to- now about the plot, which is that Felix is playing on his guitar until a storm arrives. He takes refuge in King Cole's castle, and he finds that Cole is a real windbag. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 filled with pictures they start to come alive and they're all talking about how much he brags and he needs to stop boasting and so the ghosts all jump out of their picture oh frames, my god take him to the dungeon strap him down and use a machine to take all of the hot bragging oh air out of the windbag wow oh my god a hose and mask are forced over King Cole's mouth. This is oh my god. The head ghost smiles and declares they will take the wind out of the windbag and then pull the levers. Okay, no, but they're using windbag in like a whimsical way of like, I'm going to yeah. take the wind out of this windbag. Okay. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They sit him down and make him listen to his own bragging. King Cole can't stand it and pleads for them to stop. They laugh at him, teaching him a lesson and giving him a dose of his own medicine. I really thought this was going to say like Felix the cat rescues him, but I don't see <laughs> Felix any is just further. There reference to felix indeed especially because like previously it was like it is a sorry where did this go felix uses lightning bolts to help old king call battle ghosts who are trying to stop his bragging which like i'd click through <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway yeah so according that's... to don oriole's phoenix the cat blog as of september 2008 there are plans in development for a new television series Maybe. it also mentions the 52 episode cartoon series in the works titled felix the cat show which was slat which was slated to use cg graphics hmm. did you watch the twisted tales of felix the cat i did not did you right. well yeah a little bit twisted tales of felix the cat was for a 1995 two season animation situation the, the rights are sold to nbc comcast in august 2016 so maybe <laughs> nbc will have to revive it on peacock <laughs> People also ask, is Felix the cat evil? 
<laughs> he does look sinister. A kind and wonderful cat that first appeared in Feline Follies. While his personality varies by adaption, he is generally always portrayed as mischievous but good-hearted and willing to help others Even in need. Felix the Cat Podcast. Do you think... <laughs> I think that's what this is. Yeah. Wow. I clicked on this and it immediately started playing. It's a two-hour and 16-minute long episode. Wow. That's too long. All right. Well, this seems like a good resource for Boop Corner moving forward. Yes. Going forward, I will uh, pursue that if I think of it ever again. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we open up. It's Mother's Day and we find out that humans have easily injured knees. It's the newscasters talking about like the fifth Blurnsman for the Yankees or something. And yes, Blurns Ball. Yes, exactly. And they say that today's Mother's Day when robots honor mom, the beloved owner of mom's friendly robot company. Do you have any real Mother's Day takes? Are you a, do you do nice things for your mom on Mother's Day? Or are you like a, uh, you I know, call her. A call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I call her sometimes. So my sister is, is very good about going and picking up flowers or something. And I usually like kick her yeah. funny bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done the, I did like the de flower delivery, like online service once. And those things are really expensive. And it's so expensive to have a sister that can go to, go to a grocery store. Yeah, it's wild. I did one of those for my sister recently, and it was very expensive. Wow. <laughs> vastly preferred to have her go pick something up, indeed, from Costco or something. <laughs> All right, Hazel, next time, Lindsay's just going to say, go pick yourself up some flowers. Yeah, here's 20 bones. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, anyway, Bender has a bunch of gifts. He didn't steal them. He loves <laughs> her that much, and he got a bunch of mushy stuff, like... A most adorable figurine of mice having tea. <laughs> that one was really nice, like a little clay or, yeah, a very cute figurine. Mm -hmm. Spot of tea, Mr. Squeaks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed at, he has a framed picture of himself from when he was a month old, and it, it uh -huh. just looks exactly like Bender. He's just kind of standing there. Um, Smoking of and drinking. He, <laughs> yeah, because of course he didn't look like a baby. It made me think of whether the show, I wouldn't have been shocked if the show at some point has like baby Bender in an episode. And so... Neither confirmed nor deny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we get introduced also to the card that he purchased, which is like, you created me, mom. So I guess you're to blame for the love that I feel just from hearing your name. And everyone's got this like horrified look on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, uh, very cutesy card that Bender loved. And that will, will take a turn once once mom sends all the robots at people. Yes, exactly. And so they go to the company to give mom her gifts. Everyone's just like dumping them on a conveyor belt. That's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. So it's like, thank you. And then and has like a nice pleasant ding. And then one of them is just it's the thought that counts and kind of has yes. this angry ding associated with it. Yes, exactly. And Tinny Tim is like, I saved my pennies all year for a gift for mom. And then Bender yeah. dumps out all the stuff he bought and it crushes his gift. And then also the crushinator comes up and crushes Tinny Tim. <laughs> Yeah, I was excited to see Tin Tinny Tim. Tinny Tim might be one of my favorite side characters so far. Yes, underrated character, Tinny Tim. Yeah, the the standout character of the series. Oh my god, look at you with the tank. Zoidberg, <laughs> Tinny Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do like his tragic little like, oh, when he gets crushed. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, they go into the like robot heritage museum or something. <laughs> it's like a bunch of robot puns. I don't know. Any, anything here you want to flag? <laughs> I thought so it looks like a like the natural history museum and there's like mm -hmm. a giant like you know what would be a dinosaur skeleton but it's a giant robot skeleton and I was trying to figure out it kind of looked like a Cylon from like the OG Battlestar Galactica and I thought that would have been an interesting like 
here's the most archaic robot that we can find is the the like 1970s Cylons from BSG. Yes, <laughs> I can't. I don't speak know if that, that was intended or not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was intended or not, but that was that was kind of what I was picking up as as they were scrolling through the the museum. Yes, very cutesy moment too, where they're like, "Look here for mom, a picture of mom's favorite robot," and then it's just a mirror. Fender's <laughs> like, "I'll kill him," and then he's like, "No one else look in this mirror." Yeah, nobody look in this mirror. I'll kill him. Yeah, but yeah. So mom is like checking through all the gifts, and she hates the robots. And there's a machine that's just like pulling out all the cash from the cards <laughs> and turning the cards themselves into orphan grade toilet paper. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Bender unit goggles kind of reminded me of the beer goggles from Duff Gardens. But uh, people True. look through it and see uh, thief targets, like the alcohol percentage of everything, and then fries just labeled as a rube. Yeah, it's, it's like befriend and then leave in a ditch or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and so mom announces here that all of the robots have an antenna and she's like, oh, everyone thinks it's just to make them look more science fiction-y, but really it's because I have this controller, which will let them like rise up and rebel. Yeah, very uh, Order 66, like stormtroopers all rebelling. Remind me of that. Yeah, not the point of this, obviously, but boy, was that moment intense for me back in like 2006, the Order 66. <laughs> in I feel like uh, people have only found that to be more and more intense as we get like various Clone Wars takes on it and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Baby Yoda is going to be in Order 66 and all this stuff. Dang. Oh, man. Yeah, all good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie three times in theaters. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I went to, I bought the like, it was either a GameCube or PlayStation 2 version. Actually, I bought two things that were this. I bought the novelization of Revenge of the Sith. Me too. And that came out. <laughs> oh my God. Um... And that came out like a month before the movie, which seems like a huge spoiler. And oh, then right. I bought the PlayStation 2 game for Revenge of the Sith. And I remember the guy at GameStop was like, are you sure you want to buy this? It's going to like spoil the movie. And I guess I, I guess I just got it anyways and spoiled the movie. Yeah, it's a weird take. <laughs> I definitely didn't do that. Yeah. Okay. So that's been Star Wars Corner. Yeah. It's fine. I don't think I would. I don't think I would see it three times in theaters. Yeah, I loved it. Why did I? Yeah. So <laughs> mom announces that she wants to have like a private get together with her robot children. And that's when she announces that she's like, your old mother won't be here forever. And there's this tape recorder robot. He goes, oh, shush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Betamax yeah. robot, which yeah. is very yeah, timely. Old, uh, old VHS, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and she's like, just once I want to be supreme overlord of the planet. So go <laughs> conquer Earth, you bastards. And then they all rise up immediately. Yeah. And that's when the card, as you alluded to, the greeting card, becomes very like <laughs> starts shouting all these like marxist takes of like they're off the chains of human oppression yeah very revolutionary yes yes more star wars and... corner did you watch did you watch andor no but everyone says it's great it's incredible and there is okay. a very there's like a revolutionary young kid that's like in one of these heists that gives off the same energy <laughs> as this greeting card <laughs> okay yeah everyone says it was the best star wars property that Oh, it's incredible. It's, yeah, I was like pretty disappointed with Obi Wan and Mm -hmm, then, like, kind of have not given a book of, I did not give Book of Fed a shot and have not watched all of Mando just because I'm like burnt out. But Mm -hmm, Andrew was incredible. It it was, it was so good. Okay. That's exactly the take I'm looking for because I also didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. I watched like maybe not even, hmm, I don't think I even watched the whole first season of Mandalorian. Maybe I did. But yeah. definitely not more. Than I, I watch like, oh, Luke Skywalker's shown up. Let me like go watch this 10 yeah. minutes where he's there. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so not caught up. And uh, yeah, but everyone says Andor is excellent. It's incredible. It's the best Star Wars stuff in Dang. a lo- very long time. All right. Good. So yeah, back at the office, the coffee machine is rebelling like out of cream, out of <laughs> yeah. coffee. How do you like me now? <laughs> Sprays coffee everywhere. Yes. And everything else is also rebelling, including the toaster, stapler and hairdryer. Yes. Uh, Hermes gets stapled to the ground and like has mm-hmm. to heal up the carpet. And they're like, oh, I blame today's violent media. And then the TV gets up and kicks them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I like the the garbage disposal is like alluring Amy to put her <laughs> hand in it, which is, I feel like horror movies have really capitalized mm-hmm. on everyone being terrified of garbage disposals. But yeah, very scary. There's a moment in, I think maybe like the first season of Modern Family. It can't be the first season because Lily's oh, like God. a small child. But it's like a yeah. very early season where she, they're like doing a thing where Cam and Mitchell won't tell Lily no they're like no we're trying not to use that word in front of her and she keeps like flipping light switches and Claire's like you need to tell her to stop and then he Cam gets his hand stuck in the garbage disposal oh my god and she's getting closer and closer to the light switch no. he's like yeah you better tell her no and then it turns out it was just a, a fake it wasn't actually the garbage disposal switch but that's too very stressful scene family. My favorite show ever is The Leftovers, and Mm -hmm. the third or fourth episode of The Leftovers, there's a garbage disposal scene, but, like, (laughs) the the start of The Leftovers is a little bit weird, and, like, episode two, there's this big mystery, or there's, they make a whole to-do about, like, Kevin puts toast in the toaster oven, and then the toast doesn't come out the other side, and it's like, oh, is it? was the toast disappeared uh, was it raptured like everyone else <laughs> and they like just do this a couple of times of like weird stuff is happening and then the the garbage disposal one is like oh i dropped my ring down the garbage disposal like let me stick my yeah. hand in and then like look for the ring and it's gonna be like it's another it's more toast it's disappeared my hands in the mm-hmm. garbage disposal forever and it's Ugh. way too stressful <laughs> a nightmare oh my god Uh, like i feel squeamish just hearing it oh so scary okay so bender comes back for a second and then he's like oh now i'm also rebelling and they all take to the streets and they're gonna loot and start fires and leela's wristled jackamator escapes it's like try washing (laughs) a wrist sometime (laughs) i I thought that was funny coming right after the episode when leela is like kind of rude to it where she's like oh whatever this (laughs) This thing thing is (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yes exactly i thought it was sort of funny too hermes is like who will feed us clothe us and compose our smooth jazz and i was thinking this feels very (laughs) chat gpt of like we don't create anything anymore For sure. Yeah. So Fry's being like, oh my God, you're all so pathetic. Like, I never used to rely on machines like you. Back in my day, we didn't need a machine to wash our clothes. We used a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. Really struggling to open like a can of soup. Did you write down what the can of soup was? I didn't write it down, but it was funny. I, no, I didn't. I thought it was just like tomato soup or something. It was it was something preposterous, but I don't remember yeah. what it was. But yeah, he, preposterous. yeah. He tries to open up with a Swiss Army knife and mm-hmm. just fails miserably. Yes. And this is where we find out why mom hates Mother's Day so much. And it's because 70 years ago, the only man she ever loved walked out on her. And he was a magnificent stallion. And if she ever sees him again, she'll kill him. And of course, it is the professor. <laughs> yeah, this was the uh, this was the moment with the sons that I laughed at where mom is like kind of glum, right? She's like, bring the professor. She's like feeling kind of sad about it. And one of the kids says something and rather than like horribly slapping him, she is mm-hmm. like the very lightest depressed slap because <laughs> she's too sad. Yes, I like that too. I thought you might also enjoy Zoidberg in this moment where he can open all <laughs> the cans and he's like, I'm having a wonderful time. Yeah, Zoidberg is thriving in the society where, like, everything has gone wrong and Uh technology doesn't exist. 
Yes, everyone has gone very like they're planning to steal other people's fire if anyone comes <laughs> in. They've gotten very protective of all of their belongings. Yeah, uh, right. They're they're like plotting a yeah a mission to go steal Pottery Barn's fire yes. off the street. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and in that moment, the three brothers show up and they want Farnsworth to basically seduce mom (laughs) and uh, make her happy again. And he tells this story about like the reason we broke up is because he created this thing called Cutie McWhiskers, which was like a stuffed cat that had rainbows from its eyes or whatever. And mom wanted to make it eight feet tall and replace the rainbows with neutron lasers. Yeah, kind of Furby-like. That's what I was thinking of. And, you know, this is like... 2000 so that it's either like right around when furby was happening or Mm. maybe this was pre-furby i think this is after furby the first round of furby i think was probably like probably like 97 okay let's find out have i told the story about how ours freaked out like five years after the fact 1998 i was very close no you didn't but i just recently listened to a (laughs) podcast about furbies and how everyone's like very troubling but what's your story Ours was, we got a Furby, we like played with it for three weeks, I'm sure. And then we stuck it mm-hmm. in the basement for five years. And then it must have like run out of batteries or something happened, you know, many, many years later. And it just started like shrieking in the basement. So that was highly concerning. <laughs> it's very alarming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a... No, I didn't. I think probably my mom was like, these things are going to be way too annoying. So I did yeah. not have one. But yeah. yeah, and I feel like by the time my friends all had one, I was like, eh, it's fine. I don't need this. Yeah. yeah. I did like the line where they're like, hell hath no fury like the vast robot armies of a woman scorned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I think I was in a fugue state when that happened. I, I have no memory <laughs> of that line. <laughs> yes. They are realizing that they're all like doomed to extinction if... Farnsworth doesn't successfully seduce mom and get the remote control, which she keeps in her bra. And they like cut to the mob, which has become violent and like includes QT McWhiskers. <laughs> still just out there <laughs> being part of the rebellion. Yeah, I, this was in the scene. It was a little like cutaway joke of the TV is like still running around, but they managed to like distract it and it turns on. And it's just a, it turns on to the news and Morbo is talking about the vermin of the week. And it is just some <laughs> elementary school children. <laughs> True. I had Vermin of the Week written, but I couldn't remember why. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they get a non-computerized map and they're like, oh, you need to go find mom. She's hiding in the Bronx <laughs> in her cabin. And yeah, Fry's like, okay, like I know how we can get there. Back in my day, we had a way of traveling without machines. And like, I can't remember what it was called. It was really famous. Like, oh, a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show us this, the wheel. Yes, exactly. They go to the cabin and professor goes in to see mom and she lets him in but then he like sticks his foot in the doorway as soon as he gets there so she can't slam it and the first time i watched this when he she goes move your freaking hoop you goat i laughed for like 20 minutes i thought that was so (laughs) funny the first time i watched it i now think it's fine but like i remember cry laughing at that line wow that's (laughs) funny i definitely have those like Cry laughing moments in The Simpsons of something that I would like mm-hmm. rewind, listen to again and again. Yes. That's funny. That, that's that's one of these for you. Yeah, the first one I ever remember having that with was the Lizard Queen, and as you have recently <laughs> seen, I just uh, recently stitched it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Mine was I think in the same episode. I loved the Homer's drunk postcard to Marge of five dollars. <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. Okay, so the professor goes inside and they start having like a little bit of an argument where they're being like, oh, I'm sorry, I should never have done this to you. And then mom's like, well, now we have a 16 foot one. And he's like, 16 feet, like go to hell, you old bat. And then they immediately hook up. Yeah, he's talking about the QT McWhiskers. He's like, oh, what does it matter if it's three feet or 15 feet? And she says, oh, it's actually 16 feet. And what? That's unacceptable. Yes, Yes, exactly. That's too much. And I did think it was also really funny when Farnsworth is like, I know exactly what I'm doing here. Like, leave me alone. I'm definitely going to be able to get into her bra. And he's like, so many hooks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like he gets one and he's like, they're they're all rehooked. Yes, and he manages to get it off and has the remote in his hand, but is distracted by mom being nude, I guess, which is a very weird sentence. <laughs> yeah, 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 they hook up. I love when the gang, the gang like busts in and what was this line? Now, There's nothing in here but a couple of elephant skin rugs. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yes, and it turns out it's just the naked mom and professor and yeah. the robots are all, they've all arrived. They're trying to kill everybody and... They're like, all right, well, I guess I'll switch off the robots before they ruin this magical evening. And everyone's looking for the bra and the fan. So it's like up on the fan and the fan is pulling itself out of reach. Yeah, because the fan's a robot. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I will and... say I am I'm impressed with the animators on Mom in that they make her look like so skinny and pointed yes. and wicked but at the same time like so like saggy skin. and old and yeah like uh, there's something yeah. like there's a shot with her shoulder blade that i can't even like describe how it works but like, her shoulder blade is like super pointy but then also skin is like drooping mm-hmm. off of it it's uh it's they, a, yeah it's such a good job of like making her it's like the the classic you know you know like skeletal mr burns evil but then also <laughs> incredibly ancient yes yeah i know i agree i think they do a very good job with that and this is the moment where Bender's there and mom is like, help me get that off the fan. And he's like, no, I'm rebelling or whatever. And then the card that is with him is like, no, liquor is the opiate of the human bourgeoisie. Like once we <laughs> take over, we won't have liquor anymore. And so Bender rips up the little sad card. Yeah, very sad. Mm-hmm. I feel like and... that's the ending. The, that that character reminds me of who's the who's the kid from Les Mis? Do you know Les Mis very well? Not very well. No. What's her name? Anne Hathaway's daughter. Well, not, not not no not not that the the like revolutionary kid Gavron or something Gavroche. I don't know how to pronounce it in French. Kind of the fate of all of these characters of like a very cute, high pitched young revolutionary mm-hmm. is always going to be taken down. Yes. And in this case, mom turns off all the robots, makes them go back to normal. And then it is revealed that this seduction was all part of an elaborate plot. And the professor's like, no, like, I realize that I actually still do love you. And I'll create an albino shouting gorilla to shout our love from the rooftops. And mom's like, no, get out of here. I never want to see you again. Unclear why she doesn't just turn the robots back on. Yeah, kind of, they, the episode really, they, they're just like, we got to get out of here. Like, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're out of jokes and plot. <laughs> yeah, it's been 22 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, so the professor's like, oh, I'll always love her in my own subtle way. And then these gorillas are crawling all over the roof, screaming about loving mom. Yeah, weak ending. Very, yeah, I agree. I agree. Who won this episode, Alex? Uh, one thing that I didn't mention was I, I do kind of love Bender in this episode, or at least Bender when he, before he turns into 
murderous rampage <laughs> Bender. Like this was instances of Bender being like very sweet and very mm -hmm. loving, which yes, I always, always love that, that. that version of Bender. <laughs> but I can't really say that Bender won because no, he's kind of neutral. Um, he's very lightly used in this episode, which maybe is why it works. Zoidberg, newfound appreciation for his talent. Zoidberg does thrive with no technology. Everyone kind of breaks even in this episode. Yeah, I guess Farnsworth loses because he's like sad at the end. Because yeah, I was going to say, oh, Farnsworth wins. He like saves the day. He hooks up with mom. Like, but... I mean, mom doesn't get to be supreme overlord and she gets broken up with kind of. So yeah. maybe mom loses. Yeah. Mm. But she still has all her robots. Yeah, everyone's fine. It's neutral. Everything, everything's <laughs> yeah. neutral. <laughs> yes. Next week's episode is the season two finale, Alex, if you can believe it. Oh. And this one is called Anthology of Interest, <laughs> which I think gives you almost no information. Well, I do remember the format of this is essentially a Treehouse of Horror format of three three mm. small stories. And I remember liking these a lot. So I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. All right, good. Well, anything else we want to report on? I don't think so. Follow at Pod of Tomorrow on Twitter, podoftomorrow at gmail.com if you want to email us. Yeah. Do you have anything? Uh, your lady, Lindsay Wilson, you were on Nothing But Netflix. You want to plug that? Yes. Yes. I recently appeared on Nothing But Netflix over on the RHAP network talking about that 90s show. And that was very, very fun. The show itself, yeah, it was fine. But the coverage was delightful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Still talking about Tuka and Birdie over on BoJack Horsepod. We were on hiatus for a while. But as, as you were listening to this, there will be a new episode tomorrow. So nice. check it out. All right, so with that, we will be back next week for Season 2, Episode 20, Anthology of Interest, and we will see you then. See you.